You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct from more cities than an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning. You are listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ. Today is Monday, April 18th, 2016. We hope that you can join us on your commute to work, or if you are at work, we're going to have some great boxing talk on the clock. Got my right hand with me, Jay, out in Inglewood. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, RB. How you doing today out in AZ? Doing good. I'm excited. So, you know, we decided to move the show to Mondays. Um, it just strategically works better for everyone. We want to kick off everybody's Monday um, recapping the weekend fights and giving some word on the curb. We're going to play some Know It or Blow It for some free boxing merchandise. So if you do want to play Know It or Blow It, you have to call the number 718-508-9852. Press 1 so you can play the game. Uh, you get one shot, 10 seconds. We also have a new edition today of Jaywalking. Jay, explain a little bit about what you did in L.A. over the weekend. So out here in L.A., I decided to take a little ride up to Hollywood Boulevard, and I thought, what better place to see what the boxing fans know? And this week I asked people to name me five current boxers, and you'll be very surprised by the responses that I received. And so we'll play that a little bit later in the show. Yeah, that, you're gonna got, you guys are in for a good treat there. Um, hotline bling today. We have Tom Loeffler calling in. You know, the big Golovkin Wade fight is this weekend. He also co-promotes Chocolatito. Um, and so we have him, and we're, we're going to press some little buttons with Tom. We want to talk about a future Canelo fight with Golovkin, and when does he foresee that happening? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Cotto and, and that step aside that they did back in November. So got a lot to talk about with Tom. Make sure you listen in. And we want to hear from you. There was a lot of fights this weekend, so we want to recap the fights, but we want to get your reactions. We want to talk about Earl Spence, and we want to talk about uh, Verdejo. You know, I don't know if anybody watched tonight on Unimas, but, you know, this show, we pride ourselves on being authentic and honest, and we're unpredictable, and that's how we're going to keep it. So have a sense of humor. Um, we like to have fun while, you know, dishing, dishing uh that good boxing info as well. Right. So, Jay, yeah. let's we gonna call it straight down the middle. Whoa, we do? Yeah, we're going to call it straight down the middle like we always do. We're not pro oh, this okay. side. We're not pro that side. we calling it down the middle. I thought you said we have callers on the middle. I was like, okay. But, <laughs> you know what, let's, <laughs> let's open up. I want to talk about Soto Karras versus Kamaje. Over the weekend on Friday, and boy, Jay, was that a slugfest. But did we expect anything different? Not at all. That was, it lived up to the hype. If you've been listening to our shows, you know that I, we were both very excited to see this one. And Jesus Soto Cross, definitely not the guy, or maybe it was the guy that we saw in Vegas in the lobby with his shirt off. But he came to fight. Kama guy came to fight, and it was just an all-out war from the opening bell to the end. These guys gave us a performance. Was it the most finesse-filled performance? Obviously not. But you definitely, if you like more bang for your buck, then that's what you got with this fight. You know what? That's a perfect way of putting it, Jay, is that, you know, it was it was good for the fans who wanted to see a brawl. They brawled to a draw. 
the fans loved it. And then you had some purists on, you know, social media that were like, that was a bar fight. You know, they have no skill. I don't want to see that. But we knew that going into the fight, that this wasn't going to be the most technical and that, you know, this wasn't going to be a display of the sweet science. I mean, anybody who tuned in for that were tuning into the wrong fight because you weren't going to get head movement. You weren't going to get a lot of defense. There was no strategy. It was just a straight dog fight. That's what it was. And, you know, it is entertaining to watch those once in a while. I'm not saying we need those every weekend, but. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, you know, it just surprised me by the people who were complaining on Twitter about it. My goodness. When it when it's a chess match, oh my god, it's boring. When it's a bra, oh my god, they're unskilled. What do you want? What do you want? I mean, do they need to wear tutus and 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 high five and do drop kicks and kickboxing? Do they want something a little more slapstick like WWE? People are just never satisfied. And some of the same people who complain about chess matches were also the same people that cl- complained about the lack of technical skill in this fight. So I just want to know, if you're those people who are listening to this show, call in and talk with us, 718-508-9852, and tell us what you do like, because at this point, I'm very confused. You know what? HBO passed on this fight, and there's already talk of a rematch. And I'm pretty sure HBO Latino or HBO Boxing After Dark, one of those, they're going to pick it up now. You know, it was, right. I sure it got a lot of viewers online. It looked like there was a sold out crowd. So I expect to see the rematch like on a network. Absolutely. It's coming back. It's just a matter oh, yeah. of time. <laughs> you know, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, they should bring it back in June. I'm like, yo, let these guys rest. Like they just right. beat their heads in, you know, and I don't think June is a realistic date. Or months for that comeback or for that rematch. So, anyway, let's move on to Saturday night. There was a ton of ton of boxing, and let's just start off with the fight that opened up the telecast, Jay, which was Glowacki versus Cunningham. Wow, wow! This was hard to watch, especially for me and you. We're really good friends with Livy Cunningham. Steve Cunningham has a heart of gold. If anybody deserves a win and to be rooted for, it is that family. Um, we all knew going into this fight that it was going to be a hard fight for Steve. He left the heavyweight division, went back down to cruiserweight. He said, look, my power is not respected at heavyweight. Maybe I'm a little too small for that division. I'm going back down to cruiserweight. And then they give him Gowaki. And we know Philly fighters don't turn anything down but their collar. And so he wasn't going to turn down this fight. And I wish that they almost would have given him a, a tune-up. Like, you know, after the Tarver fight, they didn't throw him a bone. You know, if anybody deserves mm-hmm. a bone, it was Steve Cunningham. So they opened up the telecast, Jay. He went down four times. He hit the canvas, Cunningham did. And Glowacki won a unanimous decision to retain his cruiserweight world title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what that was a hard one to watch. It was a tough one to watch. Steve Cunningham is such a good dude. And where there's so a lack of good dudes in the sport, it, it, it's nice to see the good guy triumph, but it just wasn't his night. You see the age reading in, his legs didn't look good. I mean, he did have some moments where he connected with some good shots, but yeah, it was, it was painful to see Steve go to the canvas so many times during this fight. Did we think he was going to win or to a 50-50 bout? No, 
Glowacki is a formidable guy. He had that tough fight with Huck. But at the same time, it was just, it was a little painful to watch. It was kind of, kind of sad, but yeah, you know, he has a, a, a big heart and he went out there to do what he could, but it just won his night. Yeah, there's some guys in Boston that you just want to root for. And you know what? What Steve Cunningham has cannot be taught, Jay. He has right. a heart like no other. He has will. He has determination. He has tenacity. He's relentless. He knows how to fight hard. He goes down. He hits the canvas. But he gets up and he bites down on that Absolutely. mouthpiece every Absolutely. single time. And, and, you know, he actually had Milwaukee hurt a couple times. And we just wish he would have yeah. capitalized on that, you know, and and he yeah. just, but what he has cannot be taught. I agree. I agree. So tough, tough fight for him. I wish him the best. Glowaki goes on to retain the cruiserweight championship. Hey, maybe our guy Roy can get his fight now. You think he's going to get his title fight? Oh, Lord. Anyone think about that? Let's move on to Marcus Brown versus Marcus I cannot pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, so we're just going to call him Kala. I think it's Kala Zik. You know, is that Russian or he's Ukrainian or it's a tough name. So we're going to call him Kala or let's call him yep. Hot Rod. I know his, his fight name is Hot Rod. Let's call him Hot Rod. So all last all right. week on Caucus and in Vegas and every time we were talking about this fight, we were telling you guys that Marcus Brown was in for a tough fight. And he sure as hell was. He was taking the hell and back. And it was a messy fight. It was really sloppy. There was a lot of holding. There was a lot of tossing around. You know, they at times they look like rag dolls in there. Um, <laughs> long story short, it wasn't easy to watch. Brown was definitely hurt a couple times. He, he did not look well. And many, including myself, felt like Hot Rod should have got the decision. The judges were wrong. Brown got the win. I don't feel that that was an accurate decision. I think the judges mm. failed. Hot Rod wants a rematch. Lou DiBella was going ballistic at ringside. <laughs> ballistic. Oh, I heard after the fight, he was at the press conference, you know, chugging down a Corona, going eight, you know, so that's yeah. just Lou. And rightfully so. Mm. Hot Rod is his fighter, and he feels like he won. Marcus Brown was booed by his home. Fucking nice. Not that hard. <laughs> anyway, they say that Lou plans to protest the decision. I would. So with Marcus Brown exposed, I hate using that word. And it's so quickly used in boxing. But was Marcus Brown exposed? Did he get the hometown decision, Jay? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Everybody likes a little Christmas in April. Merry Christmas, Marcus Brown. I hope you enjoy this win. That's how (laughs) I feel about that. So the headlining fight, Earl Spence versus Chris Algieri. Well, Earl Spence, yeah, he announced his arrival in the division. There is a problem in the 147-pound division. To me, Earl Spence, he looked like the total package. He is a bad boy. He is stone cold. He was sharp, precise, mature. He fought very maturely, and he was patient. You know, you don't see that in young fighters too much. Uh, I think he has, yeah, I think he has some mainstream appeal. Uh, I think he will need a great promotion to raise his profile. I think they said 1.3 million viewers tuned in on primetime NBC, which, 
you know, it sounds like a good number, when, but when you think about NBC, every show they have, their numbers and their viewership goes down. So if you didn't tune yeah. in, you missed out because, boy, did he do some work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Errol Spence was something else. I expected a good fight. I thought Algeria would be a little bit more competitive, but Errol Spence got in that ring, and he totally messed up any any plan Algeria thought he might have in the ring. He conceded that himself. He said, I, I had a plan, but I, I just I kept switching strategies. That boy is bad. I wish I had to drop in the desk from coming to America where the barbershop guys go, that boy good, that boy good. Yes, that boy is good. He looked crisp. He looked sharp. He looked calm. He looked strong. He, I mean, his body was filled out. He wasn't too big. I mean, he was just, wow, rah, rah. I might have to wave my pom-poms a little bit over here for Errol Spence because he did that. <laughs> he sure did. And you know what? Um, Jerry, after the fight, he didn't really do any uh, interviews or anything. His knee was messed up. They took him to the hospital. He just wasn't up to talking to anyone. But his promoter, DeGuardia, did mention that Chris did say in the locker room that he still wants to compete with the elite. Um, you know, he's lost three of his last four, but we've seen some fighters, you know, able to still get the big fights, even with a loss because of their performance. But I don't know if that performance is going to get him another big fight. I think maybe he's going to need another tune-up or two, get a couple wins under his belt, you know, to get back on a stage that big. I agree. I mean, and like I said on Twitter, Chris, it's okay, boo. You're too fine for all that. If you don't want to fight anymore, I will purchase the cookbook and put him on the desk. He's so articulate. They snatch up all these guys who sound crazy on the desk, Andre Berto. But put Chris, put Chris Algeri on the on the announcing desk. He probably would do a great job. That's another wonderful idea. I hope anybody who works at PVC or Hayman Boxing is listening. We know that sometimes they listen into the Morning Punch and Show. That's a great idea. You know Put do. Chris Henry behind the desk. He would be phenomenal behind that desk. So let's get back to uh, Spence. Something that I noticed, okay, is that the day of his fight, Floyd Mayweather hit him up on FaceTime. And hmm. Leonard Ellerby was praising him on Twitter. Before the fight, after the fight, good job, young man. And I'm like, man, they still want him to sign with Mayweather Promotions. It is just so obvious that they would love to ink a deal with that kid. Oh, most definitely. What's even funnier is, why are you calling that boy? I mean, it, uh, with all due respect to the pound-for-pound pound champion, let that man live and have it. Call him after the fight. You FaceTime him when he's in the ring. But Floyd is going to manage to be in the mix some way, somehow. Yeah, so, well, you know yeah, what? Yeah, they want him. They want him. Yeah, I, uh, I, I would want him too if I had a promotional company. And like I said, I do think he's going to need a great promotion to raise his profile. Um, mm-hmm. He did call out Cal Brook after the fight and Danny Garcia, which we've been telling you guys for weeks, even when we had Earl mm-hmm. on the ruckus, that he wanted Cal Brook. He is now his mandatory. I think Eddie Hearn is actually open to it, but I did hear him over the weekend say that he'd actually like to fight Broner first, so here we go. Um, mm. Earl Spence wants the top guys. <laughs> Earl Spence wants the top guys. He gave a great post-fight interview. He sounded really good. Uh, however, we know that he's been der- turned down in the past by the Josecito Lopez's, the Andre Berto's, the, Rever- the Robert Guerrero's of the division. So realistically, Jay, do we think he can get 
a Kel Brook, the winner of Thurman Porter? Can he get a Danny Garcia next? Yes, I think that he can. What's even more interesting, you know, he called out all these guys. Kel Brook is his mandatory. Kel Brook always talks about he's anxious to fight. We know Eddie Hearn does business with PBC. Will Kel Brook take the fight? That's the next question. Or will he say the, oh, well, he's a young gun and he's not worth my time. So really the ball's in Kel Brook's court because we know Errol Spence is going to fight him, Will is willing to fight him. The other outcome I want to pay attention to is now that puts a, an interesting spin on a Thurman Porter fight. Thurman spends a lot of time talking about how, oh, you know, he's a young gun. I'll fight him if y'all want me to fight him. But it really doesn't do anything for me, et cetera, et cetera. Now you got a big win over a former champion who's not really a shot champion. He was just better than Algieri. So what's the tune going to be now from the winner of Thurman Porter? So the welterweight, Errol Spence was good, but he just made the welterweight division considerably more interesting by the way, he yeah. annihilated Chris Algieri. He he definitely arrived, and he put his stamp on the night. There were over let me say, 628 people in attendance, which we heard from Lou DiBella last week. He knew it wasn't going to be a sellout. He said Spence really isn't that well-known or popular yet in New York, but that was still a good turnout, over 7,000 people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did notice couple things lacking though in the production I mean if you were watching this on TV it was noticeable that the lighting was different there was no staging there was no ring walks I mean the production kind of seemed weak did you notice that Jay they gave us a no fluff put your money on the dress and get naked that's what that promotion was like it there was no extras did they feed the media I mean what what happened what happened? I mean, the crowd was there. The crowd looked good. Shout out to Daryl Cobb from Philly. He was in the house for that fight, and he took some long perspective shots. And, you were, you know, it looked decent, but, man, just no frills, no extras. What happened? We're the, we're the orchestra. None of that. We had nothing. We're I missed the walk. So word on the curve about Earl Spence is that he's going to be right back at it in July, which I think that is a Ooh. brilliant move by Team Hickman. Keep that guy in front of people's faces. Keep him visible. Keep exposing him to the boxing world. He'll be right back in July, and it looks like it's heading to Texas, which is another great idea. Build him in Dallas. I'm sure he has a good following there. So that's a little word on the curb. Uh, let's breeze through a couple other little things here before we get our hotline bling on. Uh, Gary Russell Jr. over at Showtime knocked out Patrick Hyland. He called out Selby Santa Cruz and wants the Lomachenko rematch. So so the biggest thing I took from Gary Russell Jr. over the weekend was he still doesn't have personality. He's so emotionless. It's really, really hard to like him and be his fan. He's a fast fighter, quick hands. He does some really good things in there, but it's really hard to latch on to this guy, especially when we see him once a year, you know? Uh, I agree. Jose Jose Pedraza sharply outgunned Smith, Steve Smith, over the weekend. He did some jabbing. He had some good movement, good right hands. He looked sharp. He actually smiled a little bit after the fight. I think they need to get him right back in the ring, Mr. Lou DiBella, and put his ass in New York, maybe late summer. You know, now's the time to capitalize with him, keep the momentum up. He looked really good. He lived up to his fight name, the sniper. Right now, a lot of people are questioning Verdejo. So this is the right time to capitalize with uh, Pedraza. Wepa. 
He looks good. Footnote, Chad Dawson knocked out Cornelius White on that undercard in Foxwood, Connecticut. It was, it was off TV, uh, but I think he got the third-round knockout. Word up. Where's the, where's the Chad Dawson? Hey, where's as long as you're still getting out there, as long if you keep – hey, you do what you got to do. As long as you're knocking fools out, then you're going to get another fight. So, shout-out to Chad Dawson. Uh, is, is our hotline bling Tom Laughlin on yet? No, he should be calling any minute. He did reconfirm this morning, so I have spoken with him. So he, we should uh, have him in just a moment. But so there was one thing. Um, there was something that you mentioned um, during the the recap just now. So we got Pedraza and we got Verdejo. We'll see what happens with Verdejo. Oh, you know what? I'll put my point in the stash because I think we have our guest. Okay. And we'll talk about Rodejo after Hotline Blink. Absolutely. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Punch and Show. Is this Tom Loeffler? Good morning, Jandra. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Excellent. So let's get right into it, Tom. It is Golovkin versus Wade Fight Week here in Los Angeles. I plan on attending. It's a forum right in my backyard. Gennady throwing out the pitch yesterday at the Dodger game. What is his mood as he heads into this fight week and ready for the big day on Saturday? Uh, Gennady is always in a great mood after a training camp. He looks forward to the fight. Uh, you know, like you said, he, he threw out the, the first pitch yesterday at the Dodger Stadium. They had a great reaction from the media and from the fans uh, at the stadium. And uh, now it's just uh, going through the formalities of the fight week events. Um, he's going to be down at the ESPN studios today and you know the great thing about Gennady is he understands not only does he have to put on a great show in the ring on fight night for the fight fans but also um, you know has to market and promote the fight and so that's uh, a lot of fighters like to just focus on and concentrate on the fight but Gennady understands there's a lot more responsibility um, especially not being from the U.S. uh, you know as far as building his career over here he needs to really go out above and beyond uh marketing uh, the fight and uh, the career, his career himself. And you know, I, uh, speaking of Mark, oh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry, I was going to say the English has gotten so much better. Is he taking classes or is that something that you're working on with him? Yeah, he understands also, uh, you know, to uh, to be able to communicate and do an uh, interview, you know, whether it's on HBO in the ring, you know, afterwards with Max Kellerman or, you know, just on a, on a radio show or, or a television show, it's important for the fans in the U.S. to be able to relate to him and really be able to hear his thoughts. You know, a lot of times when you have an interpreter, it really loses the the whole flavor of the conversation of the interview and uh, and the real meeting with what uh, what he's saying. So, you know, English is his fourth language, but he's he's making an effort. And you know, with the sparring partners and just the, the guys up at the training camp. Um, you know, it, it gets better, uh, and he has taken uh, English courses, and you know, Abel's uh, actually teaching him Spanish as well. So he's, he's working on his fifth language, of Spanish. <laughs> That's great. I also understand. Congratulations are in are in order. He signed a new endorsement with Jumpman. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we've been working on that, but that uh, took a long time. It was a lot of hard work on our side. Um, he had uh, flown up to Portland twice uh, to meet with uh, 
the team up at uh, the Jordan brand. And, um, you know, they see him as a, kind of a global ambassador because he is so popular internationally uh, as well as here in, in the U.S. And so uh, we were excited about that. We announced it on, on uh, Tuesday when we had the media day up at the training camp, and uh, it's just gotten a big reaction, not only uh, not only here in the U.S., but uh, also uh, internationally. He's the only, only the third boxer um, that's that's ever been uh, sponsored by by the Jordan brand behind uh, you know the great Roy Jones Jr. and, and Andre Ward. That is so awesome. It's not easy getting endorsements or sponsorships, especially you know from someone that's not from here. So congratulations on that. I want to talk a little bit about Dominic Wade. I, I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, uh, but you know I was kind of worried that he wasn't going to make it to California this week. He had this ankle bracelet on for the past couple months. Did you know anything about that? It seems like it was removed last Wednesday or Thursday. Um, we didn't really have uh, much details uh, about that. Uh, you know, he was at the press conference in New York, um, and uh, you know there was no hesitation on his on his side or his team side as far as uh, actually agreeing to the fight. That's that's the hard part. You know, when when the champions of the division don't agree to fight Gennady, but yet uh, you know someone like Dominic, who's young and, and hungry and undefeated, he agreed uh, right away. So. Um, you know, everything is on uh, everything is on track, and and uh, you know this is his uh, IBF mandatory uh, title fight. You know for Gennady, it's his obligation as a champion. You know Gennady understands he's got a lot of obligations as a champion, and now and since he beat David Lemieux, the IBF said if we can't make a unification fight, then they'll enforce the mandatory. Um, and then you know in in this fight, and that's where they uh, had uh, mandated uh, that. The, that Dominic Wade is the mandatory challenger because he he, he had just come off of uh, uh, beating Sam Solomon, who was uh, the former IBF champion. Sam Solomon did something that uh, Gennady never got the opportunity to do, uh, was to beat Felix Sturm. He actually beat him twice in Germany when Gennady was Sturm's mandatory for over two years. Sturm never would fight him. So, um, you know, Solomon actually beat Sturm twice, and then uh, Dominic beat beat Sam Solomon, and that's how he earned that position to be the, the mandatory challenger. Since you brought up Felix Sturm, Tom, there's a report that surfaced last week that Felix Sturm tested positive following his uh, fight against, uh, I can't, his opponent against me right now. He tested positive and could possibly be stripped of the WBA title. What does that development do for Gennady if the belt becomes vacant? Well, it was, uh, you know, Felix moved up to the 168-pound uh, division. He, he beat uh, Chudinov, uh uh, for that title, um, and as you said, it just came out that uh, his uh, test results were positive. It's, it's disappointing, you know. I, I'm a real advocate for uh, uh, drug testing in uh, in the sport of boxing because it's such a dangerous sport. And not only do you enhance your performance, you know, if you are, you know, on, on the baseball field or whatever sport it is, but if uh, in boxing you can really, you know, you can really hurt somebody and and uh, that's why it just it's disappointing when somebody gets caught uh, testing positive. And, uh, you know, most of the times they say, well, we don't know, you know, how that happened or that type of thing. But, you know, it's also the athlete's responsibility to know exactly who's in his team around them or what what they're eating, you know, that type of thing. And, and um, you know, Gennady participates in Nevada 
testing program. The WBC has, has strongly encouraged all their champions uh, to, to participate in that program throughout the training camp. And, uh, you know, Gennady, because of his punching power and all the knockouts in a row, you know, he, him and Abel, Abel also is a very strong component uh, of the testing. So uh, they just want to prove that, you know, there's uh, nothing artificial going on there, but uh, most importantly that uh, everything's on a, a level playing field when, when you actually get into the boxing ring. So I want you to be really, really authentic and honest with us now. I have to ask you a question about Oscar De La Hoya. He talks a lot about making the best fights in boxing, but when it comes to Golovkin versus Canelo, he seems to lose his ability to hear. Um, so, you know, Canelo, I feel, should either fight Golovkin or give up the title Anything else kind of brands Oscar and Canelo is kind of like bullshitters. I mean, do, do you agree with that? Don't they seem to go deaf when, when people start throwing Golovkin at them? You know, I can't really speak for Oscar and, and, uh, and Canelo. Um, you know, as, as uh, Mauricio Suleiman, the president of the WBC, has, has pointed out, you know, if, uh, if Gennady doesn't beat Wade on Saturday night, all the plans that I make, you know, outside the ring go out the window. And the same thing with uh, Canelo. You know, he's got a fight against uh, against Amir Khan May seventh um, in in Las Vegas. So that's a big event. So, you know, all that, all the talk, all the posturing. I think that's all premature for people. But um, you know, clearly from our side, you know, Gennady has he's look. I mean, the history of the WBC middleweight title is Gennady has wanted to unify with Sergio Martinez when Sergio Martinez was WBC champion and considered the best middleweight out there. You know, Gennady only wants to show that he's the best, and the only way he can do that is to fight the best. And so when Sergio chose to fight Miguel Cotto uh, instead of Gennady, um, that's when everything started with the, all these catchweights. And, uh, you know, he Sergio agreed to 159, and then Cotto fought Gil at 157, and then Cotto fought Canelo at 155. So it seems like it's going down instead of going uh, in the right direction. And so it's nothing personal with... Uh, with Canelo or, or with, uh, with Golden Boy. I mean, we have a great, great relationship with Golden Boy. We did the uh, David Lemieux promotion um, in, in Madison Square Garden. We completely sold out that. It was a great promotion. Uh, it's just a matter of whoever has that WBC title at the time is, is who uh, Gennady wants to fight. And it just happens that uh, you know, Canelo inherited that mandatory obligation when he beat uh, Miguel Cotto. Will Golovkin be at Canelo Khan, will we see him ringside in Las Vegas for that fight up close and personal? Yeah, yeah he was there. <laughs> he was there when uh, when uh, Cotto fought uh, Canelo in Las Vegas, and he, you know, we we're also planning to be there. Uh, it's two weeks after his fight, so we're planning on being there uh, May seventh as well. All right, Jay. Anything else to Tom? Tom, just one quick question. With the instance, back to the fight at hand this Saturday, in the instance, let's say worst-case scenario that Wade's issues outside of the ring precluded him from traveling to Los Angeles, and you find this out at the last minute, what do you do in that instance? Do you have somebody in the bullpen warming up? <laughs> Was there, is is um, there a backup plan? Just worst-case yeah, I mean, scenario. That- that's always a worst case scenario. If, uh, if someone, I mean, a lot of times uh, fighters be injured. I've had that before. Uh, like when uh, Vitaly Klitschko was supposed to fight uh, Hasim Rahman and, uh, it was his, uh, last day of sparring. Actually, I think it was his second to last day of sparring. It was Wednesday. Um, I mean, it was uh, Thursday of, 
the last week of sparring, and he uh, tore his uh, ligaments in his knee. So, you know, anytime you have uh, last, even uh, Vladimir had uh, canceled the fight uh, during fight week. Uh, I think on Monday when he had uh, had to have uh, kidney stones removed, things of that nature. So, um, we, we've had that happen before. It's unfortunate. Uh, you just try to make the best out of the situation. I mean, we have a great show plan for Saturday. You know, Chocolatito. Don't forget, he's uh, he's as the co-feature on uh, on HBO. It's a third time. Uh, Ramon Gonzalez would be carried up together with uh, with Gennady. He's fighting a tough opponent against uh, McWilliams Arroyo, uh, who had a great amateur career for Puerto Rico, and um, is coming in with uh, 14 knockouts out of 16 wins. So, so that's a great uh, co-feature as well. But to get back to your question, then, you know, if something, you know, I always try to have something in place, um, just in, not necessarily for this fight, but uh, in, in any fight in general, because you never know what's going to happen. And if you have a full arena, if you have HBO already planning to be there, you have all the international uh, broadcasters coming, then uh, you really have to make some contingency plans. Who was in the bullpen, Yeah. I'm glad you brought up. Tom, can you tell us who you had in the bullpen, or is it a secret? Oh, no, there's there's no specific names. It's just... uh, you know, you have to you have to have someone in in uh, in mind as far as who's been training, uh, who's ready to take the fight. The biggest challenge for Gennady is to actually have someone agree to get in the ring with him. So that's the first challenge. But then, you know, now he's gotten to the point where, you know, with the with the uh, success that he's had on HBO and with the sponsors and the ticket sales, you know, it uh, you know the offers uh, that we will make are completely different than you know two three years ago when he made his debut over here. In in in, uh, in the United States, so there's not one particular boxer in mind, but you just kind of reach out, see who who'd be willing to take a fight, and then who's also in training, and then be ready to step in at the at the last minute. So um, it's just uh, there's a few different people uh, in mind because if if it's only one person, then they kind of got uh, you know it in, uh, as far as having leverage. And now you need an opponent, and now you have to like take you know, a lot more than what you were going to pay for the original opponent. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Tom, before we wrap up, you brought up Chocolatito. I'm glad you did. Your company, K2, has done such a phenomenal job promoting Golovkin and Chocolatito. So many people know them. They are active fighters. And I want, a little, I want to know a little bit more about your promotional company because we see these other promoters. They have, you know, a staff of like 50 or 100 people and there's so many moving parts, and I wanted to know a little bit more about, like, your infrastructure. I mean, how big or little is your team? Because you've done such phenomenal work, and it doesn't seem like, you know, you have um, all this hedge fund money to throw around to, to do this, you know? So can you talk us a little bit about your infrastructure? Sure. I mean, we have uh, we have the same team in place pretty much uh, since we promoted the first fight at Staples Center. If you can imagine the first uh, promotion uh, that we ever did was uh, Vitaly Kuchko against uh, Corey Sanders at Staples Center. That was back in uh, 2004 when uh, when Vitaly first uh, won his WBC title. After, if you remember, that was after one year after the great fight with Lennox Lewis. And then Lennox retired instead of uh, having the rematch with Vitaly, and then Vitaly was able to beat Corey Sanders. So uh, you know, we've been in business on the promotional side. I've been in boxing for over 20 years, but 
um, on the promotional side uh, just over 12 years now. And, uh, you know, we don't do the most events, but we usually do the biggest events in boxing. I mean, when Vladimir Klitschko and Vitaly, when they were fighting in, uh, you know, large soccer stadiums uh, in Europe, uh, we have the rematch planned now, uh, July 9th, for uh, Vladimir and, and Tyson Fury. That's, that's going to be a much anticipated fight, uh, much, a much bigger fight with the rematch than it was uh, uh, the first fight. And, uh, you know, you got the heavyweight division now completely rejuvenated with uh, Anthony Joshua's win over Charles Martin. You have, uh, you know, the rematch I was just talking about with uh, Vladimir and uh, Fury. And then you have uh, a great fight with uh, Deontay Wilder and, uh, and uh, Alexander Provetkin. You know, it looks like Deontay's going over to Russia to defend his title. It's the same thing that Vladimir did when, uh, when Povetkin was his mandatory challenger. So you see a lot of, uh, a lot of the heavyweights coming up now, and it's really, uh, really blossomed for that, uh, for that division. All right. Excellent, Tom. We are looking forward to Saturday night. Tickets still available. If folks want to pick up tickets, where should they go? And we will make sure we tune in on Saturday. Uh, the ticket, uh, tickets will be available at the Forum Box Office and also Ticketmaster.com. Um, this is the biggest event. I mean, uh, since the forum reopened, it's the biggest event um, for boxing as far as the number of tickets. We should have over 16,000 people there. If you remember last year when he fought William Monroe Jr., um, it was very loud. You know, the, the Southern California fight fans are very passionate, and the forum has such a great history of boxing. And since since they renovated it, um, you know, you still have great sight lines. You, uh, you have great acoustics. And that's really what, you know, getting back to, to your other question, that's really what our goal was with uh, with Gennady when he first came over here, and, you know, to build him first in New York and then, uh, you know, the media capital world, then the entertainment capital world in, in, in Los Angeles. And we went through the hard road of uh, actually, you know, renting big arenas. You know, first he fought at the theater in Madison Square Garden, then he moved to the to the big arena against uh, Daniel Deal. And, uh, you know, New York is a very expensive uh, city, not only for the arenas, the arenas, but the hotels, transportation, logistics, and then when we brought him to Los Angeles, um, you know, he broke all the records at the StubHub Center. You know, StubHub is such a great venue for outdoor fights, and you have so many great champions fighting at the StubHub Center. And uh, Gennady broke all the records, um, even a thousand tickets over there, their capacity, where we put in bleacher seats and standing room only seats, and uh, that was our philosophy: is to build him in the two biggest markets in the U.S., but, uh, you know, do it from the grassroots and uh, and just build a fan base where, you know, fans always want to see him. Again, I've never had a uh, never had someone come out, you know, up to me. They're, they're always saying, when are we, when are we going to see him again? When is he going to come back to L.A.? When is he coming to New York? And, and uh, that's been our – that's really been our goal is building him that way. And like I said, it takes not only, you know, my planning it, but also – a lot of cooperation from Gennady and Abel's side because, you know, it is a lot of commitment to uh, to marketing and promoting someone's career. And, we, you know, we had him at the NASCAR race. He was invited by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, when NASCAR was in Fontana. So we've uh, really promoted him on different different levels, also on the entertainment side. You know, he's gone a lot to – he was at the ESPYs last year where uh, he was nominated – for fight of the year, he's gone to the Golden Globe ceremonies, their Emmys. So a lot of the entertainment community, especially in Los Angeles, is uh, is going to be out there 
uh, at the at the forum, and and you know that's a big part of of building his career here in the United States. Brilliant job, brilliant. All right. Well, thanks, Tom. We look forward to Saturday night. I know I will be there, and I'm sure we will see a great event. Thank you again for calling. Thank you, ladies. Always great talking to you. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be back with some jaywalking. Are you looking for a website that has all the latest and upcoming boxing events plus unique and stylish boxing shirts and hoodies for men and women? Go check out RagingBabe.com. It's your one-stop shop for the most current boxing info and fresh boxing apparel for him and her. Shop online today at RagingBabe.com. Use the promo code RB20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase today. That's code RB20 for 20% off your entire purchase today. Only at RagingBabe.com. So join the movement and see why attitude and loyalty become passion and determination only at RagingBabe.com. We're back. Let's get right into jaywalking. Jay, let us know what you did in L.A. Jesus. Well, first of all, I joined the movement because that day I was out there jaywalking. I did have on my official Raging Babe brand black boxing head tee so folks wouldn't know I was just wasn't completely crazy coming up to them asking them about boxing. But it's L.A. and anything goes. So this past weekend, I took to the streets of Hollywood, California, and decided to ask the boxing fans, just I like to get out and test a little IQ. So I asked a few people to name me five current boxers. So I'm going to let this play and see what the response was. So here we go with the latest installment of Jaywalking. This is Jay out with the Morning Punch and Show. And today we are asking people to name five current boxers. Five current boxers. It's hard for me because I... I don't know that much, but uh, Mayweather, it's, it's free. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got Mayweather, who Pacquiao, we got, um, who else do we have outside of that? Uh, well, we know Mike Tyson ain't doing shit no more. Is he still, I mean, he's, he's alive, right? But he's not currently, I guess. Huh. That's, a, that's a tough one. Um, I'll just say five boxes that are live. Here we go. Uh, Mike Tyson, Mayweather. Uh, Pacquiao, um, was uh, wait, wait, no, OJ Simpson was a, he was a football player, huh? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Look, this is Jay out with the Morning Punches show, and today we're asking people to name five current boxers. Hamad Ali, um, current. Not the trick question, just any you can think of. Um, uh, brain fart here. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, okay. That's perfect. Thanks. This is Jay with the Morning Punch and Show, and today we're asking people to name five current boxers. Y'all probably won't believe me, but I have no clue. That's okay. Any that you like that you've seen in the past? Um, way like heavyweight boxing, you know, Larry Holmes. Mike Tyson, um, Lennox Lewis, um, Evander Holyfield, George Foreman. Those are the better days. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad. Look, it was... It, 
it was funny, but it was sad. And it was very, very telling that you go out into the streets of L.A. And I'm going to have to start doing this in Phoenix. And when I go back to Philly for you, for jaywalking, because a lot of people today cannot name five current fosters. It sounds easy, but they always refer back to the golden eras, don't they? They always want to hit yep. you with Ali and Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard. And it's just so telling, you know, t- to know where boxing was and where it is. Honestly, I thought, okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that your average person is not going to know an Errol Spence or a Charlo or a, or someone like that. But I thought I'd at least maybe get a Broner just because he's been in the media so much with his legal problems. Or maybe <laughs> even a Miguel Cotto since he's fought both Mayweather and Pacquiao that people know. Ooh, can you add how upset Miguel Cotto would be if he heard that? Because Miguel Cotto thinks highly of Miguel Cotto. But yeah, it was very sad. I was amused. I was disappointed. And wow, Los Angeles. And these were not, I didn't purposely walk up to what people I knew to be tourists. I asked people who I knew to be locals, like people out there performing, people out there handing stuff out, people I know that live in this major fight hub. And that was the result I got. So LA. And there we have it. I love that. So now, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. And usually I try to do it in Inglewood. I've gone out to some other areas. So when we ask our next question, maybe I will take it over to the east side. Go over there with my Latino brother and sis, brothers and sisters. Maybe I'll head over to Huntington Park or Monterey Park or go out to um, in, over there by Dodger Stadium or something. And maybe I'll get some different answers. So when I do the next segment of jaywalking, once again, I will choose a new area and ask a very generic boxing question. Hey, before we get to the switchboard and take a call or to play know it or blow it, I do want to wrap up on Felix Verdejo's fight. He also fought Saturday night. You know, he's the future Puerto Rican boxing star. And he did have a very mediocre performance. And a lot of people are questioning, you know, if he's stalling out, if he's the real deal, you know, and I'm just not quite sure he's getting up for the guys that he's fighting. The guy he fought Saturday night was a last minute replacement. I I just don't think he brought the dog in him. I don't think he got nasty. He did a lot of good things in the fight. He's got a really nice jab. He's got these great uppercuts, but he just, he didn't do enough. He didn't get the guy out of there. He didn't go for the kill. And I think everybody wants to be impressed more by him. Now, after the fight, I did pick up on something he said, and it was really, really quick. And it sounded like he said he's having some problems in his left hand again. So I'm not sure. I'm waiting to confirm that. Uh, but he might be having left-hand problems again. So it'll be interesting to see how they match him in June. Um, that is still on schedule to go to New York for June 11th at the Garden. So we'll have to see. I'm not losing hope on him. You know, last year, the kid Ramirez didn't look that hot either. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez. And, and last week, he beat Arthur Abraham. And now everybody's calling him great. So I think Verdejo just needs that defining fight that Oscar Valdez already had that Roberto Ramirez has just had and I think that's what Verdejo needs next yes. Felix Verdejo the life of the island I like the island too but he has a job to do so yeah. we'll see what Definitely. happens with Mr. Verdejo 
So now, you go, what shall we do now, RB? I think we should go to the phone line and pick up someone to play Know It or Blow It and give them one shot and 10 seconds to play and win. Let's see what we got here. We have a mystery number listening to the Morning Punch-In Show. Are you ready to play Know It or Blow It, mystery caller? Uh-oh. I guess not. Okay, we'll put the mystery caller back in the queue. Let's pick this person up. Mystery caller, Jay. (laughs) They probably low-key listening. 812-449, you are live. The Morning Punch-In Show. Who are you talking to and where are you calling from? Hey, what's up, ladies? This is uh, Joey from Indiana. Oh, my God. We always pick up Joey from Indiana. How are you? What's Good, but I'm a little nervous now. I, don't tell me I'm going to have to do this, know it or blow it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, you do have to play know it or blow it. I don't think it'll be that hard, but maybe it will be. But that's okay. We'll play know it or blow it, and then you can give us uh, your quick one-two reaction on what you think about Earl Spence. That's the hot topic okay. today. Um, know it or blow okay. it. Here we go. I'm going to repeat the question twice. Jay is going to give you 10 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Okay. Who is the youngest world champion ever? The youngest world champion ever. 10 seconds. Go. Iron Mike Tyson. No. Guess again. Mike Tyson. <laughs> no. Try again. Uh no, Mike Tyson was the youngest heavyweight champion, but the youngest world champion was Wilfredo Benitez. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I would have never guessed that one. Dang. <laughs> so tell us, what do you think about Earl Spence? Is he the truth? Yeah, yeah I like Earl Spence. I mean, that performance Saturday was, was great. I mean, I, I knew he was going to whoop. I mean, I like Algeria and all, but I had a feeling this was it for him, but Spence looks good, and, like, I don't think they need to, you know, keep putting him up against, like, tune-up fighters anymore or just guys like Roberto Guerrero or Algeria guys, you know, or past their prime whatnot. It's time just to go for the, the top dogs now. I mean, I would love to see him go against Broner. I'm a Broner fan. I'm probably going to go for Broner in that fight. But I know I, I don't think right now Spence is going to lose. Like, if he be even against Cal Brook, I think he can beat Brook, too. Um the real test is when he has to go up against the winner of Herman and Porter or Danny Garcia. That's when the real test will be. But Spence right now, man, I hope a lot of people tune in because um, he's he's something special. He's something special, definitely. All right, Joey, thanks for calling in. Thanks for playing No It or Blow It. I think we agree with you. We think Earl Spence is the truth, too. We're going to put you back in the queue so you can finish listening to the show. Thank you. All right, have a good day. Jay, let, let's go into a quick hot topic. Uh, before we get yes. to Mikey Garcia, because he, he's the, our biggest hot topic today, um, over the weekend it was announced that Keith Thurman and Sean Porter, that is headed to Brooklyn at the Barclays Center on June 25th, which we dished at a couple weeks ago, but they did make it official. Tickets for that fight are starting at only $25, and you can get them at Master.com or BarclaysCenter.com. But I want to talk about Mikey Garcia. He is the yes. hottest commodity on the boxing block right now. He is a freshly released fighter. Bob Arum dished that to us in Vegas uh, during Pacquiao Bradley fight week. And he is said to come back at 140. He doesn't know where. He doesn't know when. He's saying it'll probably be late summer. Both 
or should I say many people in the industry, has said that he has already signed with Al Heyman. Mikey is saying, look, I've learned so much throughout this whole legal process that I just want to take my time, maybe do a trial run, maybe secure a fight with a promoter without signing anything just to see how it goes. He, want to know, he wants to see how they're going to push him, how they're going to promote him, what's the marketing going to be, how they're going to build him up, and where they're going to do it. He actually sounded really smart about this. Um, so I believe him when he says he's learned a lot. I mean, he, he's talking like a promoter right now. Well, where are you going to fight me? How are you going to build me up? How are you going to promote me? I'm like, wow. Right. So, right. Yeah. So Carl already with top rank, he spoke to Dan Raphael and he said, look, details of the agreement are a confidential matter. But Mikey Garcia, I saw a video of him on Fight Hype where he stated there was no money exchange or buyout like there was with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Floyd Mayweather. So he was pretty much released for free which that really doesn't happen. Usually there is some money change, whether the, pet, whether the fighter has to pay off the promoter or the promoter has to, you know, pay off the fighter. And there was none of that. So they each walked away from each other with no, no money being given to each other, except for, I guess, like lawyer fees and stuff. That's incredible. That, that right. maybe, maybe that's just my limited knowledge on these types of matters, but I can't remember an instance where there wasn't any, anything that transpired. We watched the whole blow up that the whole meltdown that went down between Richard Schaefer, and Al Heyman, when they did the whole switcheroo and they had to pay this amount to keep Leo Santa Cruz and the whole issues that went on with that to see them to part. Although it was like surprise, but fairly amicably with no money involved. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's very interesting. Yeah. The past two years, Mikey Garcia said it was a nice break for him. He took time off. He went to some fights. He didn't have to diet. He hung out with his friends. Now we know Floyd Mayweather. We've seen him all over talking real heavy about him wanting to sign Mikey Garcia. And Floyd has been actually talking a lot lately about signing fighters and promoting. And I think he's taken a lot of heat off of Al Heyman. I mean, if you, you listen to Mayweather's videos and interviews, he's not mentioning Al at all. He's kind of like his own entity. He wants to sign fighters. He wants to grow his promotional company. Mikey thinks it's cool. He thinks it's special that Floyd keeps mentioning his name, but again, he's not set on signing with anybody. Uh, Let's see. Robert Garcia said he's been getting calls from everywhere across the country, from every promoter, every manager you can think of that wants to get involved with Mikey, that wants to get him big fights and make him big money. So anyway, except, expect for Mikey Garcia to return in the late summer at 140 pounds. Man, maybe we might we might want to send some paperwork over there. I mean, everybody else is. Maybe the morning punch and show of RV and Jay can promote Mikey Garcia. Hell, why not? Why not? We we grind it out. I know that. Yeah. Look, we have five minutes. So I want to dish some word on the curb that's juicy. And then we're going to wrap up with this weekend's boxing schedule. Don't think we're going to have enough time to play another know it or blow it. Uh, we want to really keep this show down an hour. We know you're at work or commuting to work. Or if you're on the East Coast, we know you're on your lunch break. And we appreciate you listening. So, look, this word on the curb is serious. Let's start off with Miguel Cotto. He has postponed his June fight. He is not coming back in June to fight. He was unable to get up for Diego Chavez. Diego Chavez did accept the fight, but Cotto was not able to get up for it. And I'll tell you why. 
because the fight was not going to be on pay-per-view. And so when it, a fight is non-pay-per-view, that changes all the financials. That changes all the economics. And Kodo's minimum purses with Rock Nation are different if the show is on pay-per-view versus non-pay-per-view. So the money would have been way different. And we know Kodo. He is all about the dollar-dollar bills. And he was not going to get up for Diego Chavez or fight for whatever that dollar amount was going to be off pay-per-view. So that's why he postponed his fight in June. Uh, while we're on the Miguel Cotto train, let's talk about Rock Nation. So last week, somebody put it out there that Rock Nation finally paid Golden Boy what they owed them. And that is correct. And I've been kind of holding this in for a few weeks, and now I feel like I can elaborate on what's going on there. So HBO appointed Rock Nation as the lead promoter for the Canelo Cotto card. So all the monies and all the checks and all the purses went to Rock Nation, and they had to pay out Golden Boy for their services, like a subcontractor. So they had to pay Canelo. They had to pay Golden Boy. And all the money did not get dispersed after that fight. There were still some open issues going between both promotional companies. And Rock Nation was hanging on to some money because they wanted a rematch commitment. Miguel Cotto really wants that rematch with Canelo. He feels like he was screwed on the cards. He wasn't happy with the promotion, yada, yada, yada. Team Cotto really misunderstood the stipulations of their contract, which said that he was going to get X amount of money since he was a champion to fight, uh, to fight Canelo. Well, if we remember right before the weigh-in, a day or two before, Miguel Cotto gave up his belt because he didn't want to pay 300000 to the WBC. He thought the eight hundred grand that he had to pay Golovkin to step aside was actually the step-aside money and the sanctioning fees. And the WBC was like, nah, we still need our three hundred grand to sanction this fight. And Cotto was like, That's well, right. I don't need this. I got enough belts in my house. Well, guess what that did? That made no longer a champion. So the contract clearly stated that the the division between the money, you know, the split was all dependent on him being a champion. Well, once he gave up that belt, Jay, the money changed. He was no longer a champion. So now Camelo was entitled to more money. This is like a soap opera here. So Cotto goes and fires his manager, uh, not his manager, his lawyer, Gabi, who he's been with forever because, you know, he started blaming him for a, a lot of these screw-ups that happen. And, you know, Canelo's entitled to more money. The purse has changed. Cotto's uh, not happy. Well, anyways, finally, HBO's like, well, you guys got to settle this. And they finally did. Rock Nation finally paid Golden Boy all the money they owed them. So that has finally settled up. Holy cow. That was a mouthful. That is a big time, L. The lawyer the had lawyer one job. job. <laughs> and that's he it. had one job. And how about this? I think Kodo still owes Golovkin the 800 grand. And, and I, we should have asked him all for that when he was on Hotline Bling, but I know we were trying to rush him off. But that, that's something we might want to hit Lawler up on the DL and see if they ever got that 800 grand payment yet. I could almost bet that they haven't gotten that. You know what? Let me hit him up right now before somebody else listening to the show does. Well, you know what? While you hit up Tom, we'll see if we can get an answer. Why don't I just run through the boxing schedule for this weekend while you're doing that? You okay with that? 
So Tuesday on Fox Sports 1, we have Luis uh, Cruz versus Ivan Redkoch. And then on Saturday on HBO, we have Gennady Golovkin versus Dominic Wade. And in the co-feature, Ramon Gonzalez, Chocolatito versus McWilliams Arroyo. Um, so Tuesday and Saturday are the big fight nights. Listen, guys, uh, we put out on RagingBabe.com a new Chocolatito shirt. We still have some Golovkin All Good Boys Must Fall shirts. You must order your shirts by tomorrow in order to get them for fight night on Saturday. So if you want to be fashionably ready for fight night, put your orders in at RagingBabe.com. Grab yourself a Chocolatito shirt and a GGG shirt. Um, I think that's about it. Let's see if we could uh, hear back from Tom real quick. If not, we will wrap up. Unless you have anything else, Jay. It's fight week in Los Angeles. Gennady Golovkin versus Dominic Wade. Make sure you tune in and subscribe to Bad Culture TV. You can go to badculture.net and click the Bad Culture TV icon to go to the YouTube page. I will have plenty, 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 plenty con- uh, content for you to watch from the fight week festivities. If you haven't already subscribed, go and check out RB&I's Vegas Takeover. Fantastic, fantastic content from the Vegas Fight Week, so make sure you tune into that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It doesn't look like Tom's uh, hitting me back, so we'll go ahead and wrap it, and we'll uh, tweet it out if we get a response from him. Yeah, well, listen, that speaks volumes that he's probably not going to hit you back on that. But make sure you follow Jay at JetHang on Twitter. She will be covering the Golovkin Wade fight this weekend, so you can get the latest and greatest from her. Visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. And have a great, great week. I hope that we opened up your Monday morning with uh, some fun and some good boxing talk. We appreciate you guys for listening. And uh, make sure you follow us all week. We'll bring you some more word on the curb. And uh, we, we are excited to watch the fights with you this week. So have a good week. Oh, yeah. And we have Vic Ortiz on the ruckus on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Victor Ortiz yeah. Wednesday on the ruckus. You will not want to miss it. You can only imagine what's in store. Exactly. So have a great day, and we'll see you on Wednesday. All right. Good night. Good day. You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working, and somebody's got to pay for the Wi Fi.